0: You're listening to The Crunch with Cam Slater, right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Now it's time for Cam's Buddies. This week we'll find out why they think New Zealand has become a nation of sissies and bigots. My producer has them all lined up and ready to go, so let's hear what Cam's Buddies have to say about why New Zealand is full of sissies and bigots. Welcome to Cam's Buddies, Jack. How are you this afternoon? I'm very good. Thank you, Cam. So I've decided to throw a curveball at you guys this week. I've been watching a few stories in the news about, you know, various different people who've gone in the media, talked about how they've lost $400,000 want the banks to get their money back uh, they don't take, seem to take any responsibility we see all these kids that are talking about safe spaces and making sure their pronouns are right and uh, we're seeing increased level of bigotry from people like Toe henry who's declared that he's gonna block anything that comes to his committee because a, a, a democratic vote at council didn't go the way he was and i'm just wondering whether or not New Zealand has become a nation of sissies and bigots.
2: Absolutely. And I even know why. Why is that? Well, I put it down to the emancipation of women. You're going to think I'm a misogynist by saying this, but I'm not. I'm only stating facts. In the 50s, men and women would socialise by perhaps going out to dances, even at school. The schools would have dances. Men would be at one end of the hall... Women would be at the other end. If you had people around for dinner in the 50s, 60s, and into the 70s, uh, there would be men at one end of the table and women at the other. Then slowly but surely, women decided that this wasn't good. So it would be boy, girl, boy, girl. Now, yep. it sounds very good, but um, unfortunately, men and women are wired differently. Um, women are parallel ported. Men are serially ported. So... We would sit up one end with a woman next to us, and she would be having a conversation with three other women all at the same time. We men can only understand one conversation, so we'd never hear any of that. Plus, they didn't have a subject that would really be our kind of stuff. Men want to talk men stuff, yep. and slowly but surely, that's being weaned out of us. See, my personal hero is Willie Appiata, a man yep. amongst men. Never met him, but you know those type of people. But really, if you said this to a woman, she'd go, ooh, and, um, you know, they'd be wanting you to have more of, to use Paul's uh, um, word, a girly man <laughs> as a hero. <laughs> and, and and unfortunately, a lot of men are bought into this. And they've been, women have slowly said, we might, uh, need to find our softer side. Well, we don't have a soft side. Well, I don't anyway. Um, we men, we think hard. And But now it's not kind of um, socially acceptable to be like that. We have to be nice, caring individuals. Well, we're not. It's just the way it is. So there's a lot of disaffected people now, and sissies, as you call it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in 1944, we had 18-year-olds charging off landing craft into machine gun nests, you know, uh, invading uh, France and liberating France from the Nazis. Nowadays, 18-year-olds don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha and they need safe spaces and get horribly upset if you don't use their preferred pronouns, which are some nonsensical made-up words. Tell me about
2: it. We had 19- and 20-year-olds flying um, heavy bombers in World War Two. Five hundred 550,000 of them died doing it. And that was their life and they accepted that.
1: Yeah. So so you actually think we have become sissified to use a, a made-up word now that I've just criticised made-up words. I don't, so. making...
2: I don't think so. I know so. Well, I'm only speaking about myself, but um, it's a different world from the 50s. We were hard men. I mean, I was in the first 15. We, um, we got knocked around and so forth. There was none of this um, you know, being sent off for high tackles or whatever, and I know I understand the, you know, the consequences of head knocks and so forth, but uh, we just got on with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, imagine uh, just...
2: England trying to go to war now um, with with all the soft people over there. They'd never win a battle.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the politicians have a lot to answer for because they've taught people, you know, from the creation of the welfare state, that it's all right. The state will look after you, or it's all right. Um, you know, we'll put some rules in place so people don't give you hurty words. Um, it's all right. Um, they're there. Uh, you know, here have some government money. And I think it's turned us into a a nation of sissies. The bigotry, though, I can't really work out. And also some men are now classified, I suppose
2: women as well, as bigots and so forth. I think it's just rebelling against this state, as you call it, that um, wants us to conform to everything they do and say. And anyone that rebels against that in any form whatsoever has now referred to as being a bigot.
1: Or racist or... Whatever I mean, if you have a debate yes. about, if you yes. want to have a debate or a referendum about the Treaty of Waitangi, all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people clamouring saying, "Well, this will lead to violence, and um, you better not do that because otherwise we'll get stroppy." Well, you know, back in the day when I was at school, if somebody uh, threatened you like that, you set them back on their ass.
2: Well, you go around behind the bike shed and sort it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, in the Army, uh, we frequently sorted things out with NCOs and that took made them take their stripes off, step out the back of the barracks, have a set too, uh, sure. pick each other up off the ground, wipe the blood off, uh, and then go and have a beer and everything was sorted.
2: And some may say that that's barbaric, but in fact, that's the way it should happen. Imagine in the world of animals, you know, the male lion just sits there, the female does everything, but if there's any trouble, the male comes up and eats somebody or something and deals with it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing about blokes, isn't it, is that we might have a a Blue or a Donnybrook with our mates, but we'll still sit down uh, and have lunch with them or dinner with them and carry on regardless, and that Blue's forgotten about five seconds after we've had the argument.
2: We generally don't hold grudges. Women do hold grudges. Um, But uh, we've been feminised to a point where, I don't know, I'm constantly being told at work, you can't say that. And I go, why can't I say that? It's my place. Oh, no, you might offend someone. Well,
1: who cares? No, well, nobody cares. Offense can only be taken. It can't be given. That's my view. True. I love that. Can I use that? Yeah, you can use that anytime, time, Jack. Um, but, you, you know, you're right. You know, kids come home from school and they say, oh, you know, such and such said mean things to me. He's bullying me. And and what the parents do is go, oh, no, that's terrible, little Johnny or Sebastian or Monica or whatever. And then they go up to the school and complain when what they really should be saying to their kid is, you know, the thing that we were brought up with, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And don't worry about it. He's a dick. And just deal with it. Yeah. But no, no, everything's forever. Everything's called bullying now, now. And now there has to be an outcome. And usually the outcome is the person who was being bullied gets moved.
2: Yeah, and in this case, into being a, a uh, an MP in the national government. But anyway, that's another story.
1: Well, they they move into being a sissy, having their having their mummy defend them all the time.
2: Yes, I know.
1: All right. Well, Don't you're in in, on this. you're agree- in agreement. You think that we have got too many sissies and bigots out there, and uh, people just need to get a life and uh, harden up.
2: Yeah. Get on with it. Pardon up. All right, Jack. Get on with it.
1: Thanks for your call. Good talking to you. Welcome to Cam's Buddies. G'day, Cam. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? How are you this week? Um, I'm very well, thank you, sir. All good. I've got a bit of a curveball for you. I've uh, just talked to Jack and uh, put the proposal that um, I'm wondering whether New Zealand has become full of sissies and bigots and what's caused that.
0: Well, it has definitely become a big sissy country, and just the constant closing of the harbour bridge that never used to close was just one indicator of this. Yeah, the I put it down to Arden just continually scaring everyone, and now everyone just lives in a panic state about everything all the time.
1: Yeah, you I mean know. the other day they uh, had you know wind warnings and you know lane closures on the harbour bridge. I went over the Harbour Bridge. They said that, you know, you had to drive at 50. There was barely a breeze, and everyone's crawling along like this it was the end of the world. Either they're not telling us something about the bridge, or transit's run by a bunch of sissies. Well, it's not just that. It's all sorts of things, you know? Just,
0: just Something's seriously gone wrong with this country in the last three years, and I, I really put it down to the COVID mentality just changed our our psychology because we were such a can-do country. Now we just can't even get the permission to do stuff.
1: I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? We we, were a can-do country where (laughs) guys did amazing feats. You look at Charles Upham, you look at Willie Apiata. These guys aren't sissies. It'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who would go charging into machine gun nests these days. They'd, They'd probably ask for you know, the enemy to respect their pronouns and provide some safe spaces for them.
0: <laughs> well, I was just reading about Sir Tim Wallace and his feats back in the sort of 70s of the, in the helicopter deer, live deer catchering. Like <laughs> They would seem mad doing that at the start. They wouldn't be allowed to do it now.
1: No, it would be insane. It so, would, but it's like bungee jumping when they first started doing that. I'm sure there was people <laughs> having kittens about that these days. Nowadays, it's perfectly safe. <laughs> There's no risk. Yeah, so look, I...
0: I, I honestly don't know what has caused it, but it, we need to stop it because it's just so unproductive. I guess maybe the – I think there's a thing called Parkinson's that um, it's, it's like a study of how bureaucracy naturally grows.
1: Right, um, yeah.
0: And I think maybe the bureaucracy's just got so big in this country that you've got bureaucrats trying to make work all over the show. So it's easy for them to slow people down on the bridge and – they don't get fired because there's no accidents. But if they didn't do it, then there was somehow an accident attributed to the wind. Then they would potentially lose their jobs. So we just get bureaucracy laid on us all over the show for people with their job protection.
1: Yeah, that's Parkinson's law. That's the observation that the duration of public administration, bureaucracy and officialdom expands to fill its allotted time span, regardless of the amount of work to be done.
0: Yeah. And so we've probably hit that point with a giant bureaucracy between Auckland Council and central government is just is just crippling everything.
1: Well, Jack seems to think it all started when we gave women the vote and 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 said that they had an equal voice. Now, yeah, I'm not sure that's going. To, I'm pretty sure that's going to get me a lot of comments on the show about that. But um, you know, th- there is an argument to be made about the feminisation of society, uh, especially in the teaching and you know industry. Uh, You know, most teachers are women now. There's not very many male teachers. We seem to have lost that Kiwi blokedom that's out there that can do attitude that allowed us to invent things, do dangerous things, do all these things. And we're bringing up a generation or or multiple generations that are progressively getting softer and weaker. And it it just astonishes me the number of people who contact the media because someone's ripped them off or someone was mean to them or any number of complaints and things, you know, culminated in one thing that I I noticed during the Women's Soccer World Cup where there was a fire alarm at Eden Park. And this guy was on TV saying it was ringing for ages and no one told us what to do.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, that's
1: just... Have you ever read The Coddling of
0: the American Mind? No, perhaps I should. You should. It talks about the, the, the Western democracy slowly getting softer and coddling and we're going to create a society so weak men create bad times, mate.
1: The Coddling of okay. the American Mind, a book by Greg Lukyanov and Jonathan Haidt. I'll, I'll bookmark that one and I think I'll have to get that on the Kindle and have a read.
0: That basically talks about this sort of softening of our societies. Like there's just no way America, the great America of the 1950s could be built today. just not possible.
1: Well, you look at the things yeah, that we did. Yeah, you know, look at the things we did in the past. You know, um, we built roads and through terrible terrain. We get a bit of rain, the wash, the the road washes away, and here we are, ten months later, still no road. In the old days, just we would just consent. Yeah, we we would have <laughs> just bulldozed all the rubbish off the off the side of the road and built a new one, and it would have been done in a month. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, road, now
0: yeah. you just can't even. You, you can't get consent, let alone start the actual road.
1: Yeah, and they're worried so about snails yeah. and you know birds and things like that. No, no, we have got to do this. Hello, we live in. St- We're the masters of this society, not animals and snails and things and frogs and coloured frogs and you know secret tadpoles or something that nobody's ever heard of.
0: Well, I think there is a place to protect our, our nature, like. You, but a critical juncture is damaged, and we have to fix it massively fast. Yeah, but there is in, in instances where we have to protect the species, but. It's not completely bad, but yeah, I think if you just add all those stuff together, Ken, that's where our society is getting softer. I don't think it's just a New Zealand problem. I think it's a Western democracy problem. It's pretty
1: obvious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look back so at the, uh, the, old, the old pioneer days, you know, where we were breaking in bush and turning it into pasture <laughs> and all of that. They wouldn't do it now because, oh, no, you've got to have health and safety breaks and, you know, a cup of tea's no, here. Yeah. and wouldn't wouldn't, We wouldn't it's be driving oxen. Page. Through the forest to try and create a trail it would be terrible. No, we need to have we need to have we need to have a, a team of oxen to go ahead with a bell warning people that there's a group of people coming through cutting a track. You know,
0: yeah, no, like it's just a lot of stuff now we have we just couldn't we wouldn't be allowed to rec- like I don't think you'd get consent to build a Clyde dam now, for example.
1: Yeah, well, we seem to be able to build stupid wind you know bird shredding wind farms, bird choppers. <laughs> <laughs> That seems to be okay, but, but you yeah, want, to build, I, want to build a dam? Oh, no, no, we can't do that.
0: Yeah, so that's it's just all part of it.
1: Yeah, appalling.
0: So we, I think, and also we listen to too many grieved people over everything.
1: Ah, oh, people moan about everything. They? Oh, he used hurty yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, no matter oh. what. Yeah, oh, they so, bullied yeah. me. Well, give me a hiding. That, that's how we dealt with it at school. If you had a bully, you went and got a bigger bully to beat up the bully. End of problem. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think when you went to school in the 70s and 80s, it changed a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, we used to get caned, you know. Well, you know, I always talked myself out of it. Yeah, I mean, I remember (laughs) when I got strapped in standard four, it was. They they called it back then, whatever year it is now. Come up with some cockamamie idea. And this teacher was there and she was lining up everyone in the class that was going to get strapped. And she was saying, you know... I was brought up on a farm and we used to trim the hedges with sickles and my arms are really strong, so I'm going to really strap you hard. And she went on and on and on for 20-odd minutes, you know, telling us how hard she was going to hit us. And then it turned out to be somewhat softer than that and kind of we lost respect for her then. We were hoping we were going to get the right old bash, but no, it never happened.
0: Imagine if she did that in today's schools.
1: Oh, Some kid would be filming it, it would be on TikTok or or, or Instagram or something, and then there'd be an out, outraged article in the Herald written by some spotty thirteen-year-old masquerading as a journalist,
0: and then a woke angry mob outside the school.
1: <laughs> oh no, they'd they'd probably blacklist them on something or boycott some supplier to the school to make sure that this bully of a t- you know this is the sort of stuff that carries. The people who complain about bullies become the biggest bullies. That
0: is true. Well, well, that's my take on that subject, Cam. It's it's a I think you probably gonna stir up a few people on on your show today
1: Well particular? I only I only had one negative comment in the mailbag last week so I thought I'd up my game a bit. <laughs> okay. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Good afternoon, Paul. Welcome to Cam's Buddies.
3: Good morning Cam. How are you?
1: Yeah, all good. Hey um I've got to pose a question to uh Jack and Jimmy. It's your turn now. Um, do you think New Zealand has become full of sissies and bigots. And why do you think that has happened?
3: Um, I think there's a lot of sissies because very few people are prepared to stand up for what they believe, regardless of the belief. For example, if you're a Christian and you say to someone, oh, I'd like to ask a blessing on the food, um, everybody seems to say, oh, yeah, sure. But many Christians won't do that. And I view them to be sissies because why would you not do that? If you like, I'm always thankful to my God for all the blessings that I seem to be getting. So I think that's a, that's a good thing to give thanks and give it often. And also, um, you see, if you many people can't use the um, the Hershey's pronoun of he/she.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, or Hershey, um, and I look at, I think why can't you do that? Why why do you want to be someone who, because when anyone says to me, what are your preferred pronouns? I always give them like an answer like, always right, or
1: I'm more manly
3: man than you. (laughs) Yes. And, um, And so as such, I look at these people and I think, why are you concerned so much about what other people think? And yet when you see someone about to assault someone, Many of these folks are not there. I remember a few times at work, and this is just a um, a passing story, but a few times at work, um, someone came in threatening people. I stood up, went straight over to see what the problem was, Mm. and a number of folk would be hiding down the back. Mm. On a different occasion, you were there, and you were right beside me. And I'm thinking, well, we weren't necessarily going to win, but we had more of a chance with you backing me up like you weren't going to run. So I then viewed, regardless of our um, prowess to win or lose, that a mate sticks up for a mate. Whereas that doesn't happen as much these days for some reason. Well,
1: I mean, and then you know, I see. Um, yep, carry on.
3: I see our doctors and um, they, they're saying um, jobs before truth. Yep. And I'm thinking, jobs before truth? Um, what about the Hippocratic Oath, or whatever it's called, that says I will do no harm? Mm. And then when we have safe, the word safe, safe and effective, safe. That word safe yeah. means not. It's it's not a a little bit of harm, or it's not a, a relative scale. That's a factual thing. If you look at the definition of safe, yep. it means it will do no harm. So here we are told by every man and his dog. And all the media and, and it just kept filtering down, safe and effective for something that's not safe. And and, and turns out not effective either. But that, that sort of thing and, and all manner of people would believe this because they were sissy. Like, oh, I don't wanna I don't wanna lose my job. You'd rather lose your life than your job. Hello?
1: Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> I know, just you, thought you well. talk about that mates issue and we've both got a mate who uh, had a rather public meltdown, and everyone ran for cover. And it was you and I that were picking up the pieces. Yes. And, and I it mean, I so got him out questions. of the loony bin. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got him out of the loony bin. You got him away from the media. I was the first person to go vin- visit him in the loony bin, uh, you know, when nobody else could get there. But here's the thing, right, is that plenty of other people who would call him their mates, including some of the people he used to work with, ran. Turned around and it was was Nigel, no mates all of a sudden. Well, it it doesn't matter what a mate has done. You stand by a mate, thick and thin. That's why they're mates in my book. And that seems to be sadly missing in society these days.
3: Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I look at many people. Like I have a friend policy that says, you're my friend. If you're my friend, you can't get rid of me as a friend because I want to be a better friend than you could hope for. And and I, I learned this on some show about a bloke that was a spy. And um, all his mates didn't like him because they thought he'd turn on the other side, but he was, in fact, a, a double spy. And so he was really doing work for um, the, the Five Eyes type thing. And as such, one bloke, too, I don't understand you, but you've always been my mate. And I'll I'll, one day we'll sit down and chat this through, but I'm still your mate. And I thought that's the kind of mate I want to be. That's the kind of friend I want to be and have. And so when, um, whenever like people have called me a friend and then um, taken hundreds of thousands of dollars off me and um, with no real intention of paying it back. And Mm. I've thought, well, that's normally deserving of a no-friend status, but they're still my friends. That's not, that's not deserving of a no-friend status. That means they obviously had a desperate need, much more than me, and thought that that, that was an okay thing to do, even though they, um, they weren't keen on it. And, and I guess it's part and parcel of that um, putting hot coals on your head um, analogy, whereby if you repay a bad deal with kindness... People feel much worse about it and and often, as you remember in the in the schoolyard, mm. um, most of your best mates came from an argument, you smash them in the face a couple of times or they you, and yeah. then your best of buddies because it's it's cleared the air and uh, okay, you're not that or you are this or whatever whereas I think often in, and I say this to, to be really sexist, men will bash you and it will heal shortly, mm. women will character assassinate you. And it will never
1: heal. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and you know I've learned that from you as well, the the comment about trying to be the best mate that you can be or the best mate that that person's got, despite what they may do or say or anything about you. And you know that's one thing that I've admired about you immensely, Paul, your ability to smile and box on, even though some people have done some terrible things or said terrible things about you, you, you just carry on. And you know you see them interacting with you like nothing's ever happened. And uh, I always wonder what goes on in their head. And, but I know what's going on in your head. And, and you've shared that with me many, many times. And it's just been really, really, really good advice. And I think that, that our country has become sissified and has become intolerable and awful as a result. And I don't really know how to do anything about that other than to continue being mates with my mates and and standing up for the things I believe in and not being a sissy.
3: I like that as well. But I think what we really have to do is that I'm I'm on a school board that I've been on school boards for 30 years, but I'm on a school board and I try and point through that rules are not flexible suggestions. And if we say this is going to occur, then it occurs. And so that we give kids boundaries. And if we say, um, and and one thing I like about Luxon, which was not a sissy idea when a few of us may have been, was that Luxon said no phones in schools if he gets in charge. And I like that because I I think, and then we can have a rule like no phones in schools. And then if there's breaches of that, the, the problem can be, escalated, so for, for um, confiscation, for getting parents involved, for whatever, and, and I like the fact that we've got um, the, at least the, the potential Prime Minister saying that's one thing, and I think if we can get some of these disciplines happening in school, that yes is yes, and no is no, and there's not a whole lot of ah oh, but miss, ah oh, but sir, oh, and, and all of caving into pressure, then we can perhaps get the, because it's going to take 30 or 40 years to get the kids through and out and growing their kids away from some of the sissy behaviour.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Boundaries are important. You know, I can remember when I was a scout leader in Wellington, we'd have our camps and um, you'd get the kids come up on a Thursday night before the camp on the weekend. They'd say, oh, look, um, I've got soccer in the morning on Saturday. Can I come out on Saturday afternoon? And I'd just say no. You can't. You either come on Friday or not at all. And they'd say, oh, but, sir, oh, but, you know, the parents would then wheedle away at you. And i say, no, no, the, the camp program starts Friday night and it goes all the way through to Sunday afternoon. If little Johnny comes out halfway through Saturday, it's disruptive. Um, the teamwork that was built, um, you know, over the previous night and the activities in the morning is destroyed. So the answer is no. Little Johnny has to choose. You can either go to your sissy soccer, or you can come to a camp where we're going to build bridges and you know, knock things over and blow things up. You choose.
3: Learn some survival skills.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know what? Every time they chose the camp because it was better than being a sissy at soccer.
3: Mm. And another thing I think there's parents have got a bit to answer for in this sissy behaviour because our men are not being mean. First of all, many of our men are leaving the family situation during the formative years of the children, mm. and they're not present. But the ones that are present... Um, leave some of the discipline to mum or they're acting um, less than they could be as men whereas I'm a firm believer is as men we've got a, a role model or a role to model that our young people can learn and, and so that any of the young people that were um, at the scout type camps that I was a um, leader of, if they spoke with a tone to their parents in front of me they indicated very clearly that it was inappropriate speech and it embarrassed some of the parents and some of the parents said to me, I don't like the way you're talking to my boy. And I said, I don't like the way he's talking to you either, but Hey, if you wish to take him away from the camp, you're welcome to, but this is how we do things here. And one father said, Oh, I think I'll take him out. And his son said, Oh dad, please don't. We have so much fun. And yeah, it was, the discipline, and we weren't sitting around, you know, being silly. We were doing things like lighting fires and cooking food and killing food to cook and things like that that were just a bit more interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, my final thought, I guess, would be, you know, people often say, you know, what would Jesus do or what would Jesus say? And I always look at Jesus a little bit differently from most people because I always thought he was actually a tough guy and he hung around with tough guys and he did tough things. I mean, I don't think he would have cleared out the temple by using sissy words and saying, "Look, guys, could you please, you know, cut cut out doing this? This is a little bit annoying, uh, and it's really going against God's will here." Um, or did he show them the crazy eye and get his tough guys that were around him to make it clear that these guys better move? That's the Jesus that uh, I know. Well, I
3: know. Well, I know that most fishermen are not sooks. There's yeah. no sissies in the the fishing man's army, so to speak.
2: Yes. And
3: and I've had a policy of there'll be no socks in this man's army. And even though I know that that's a tongue-in-cheek suggestion, there's a lot of truth in it. <laughs> but I think Jesus hung around with tough blokes. Yeah. And he tamed them and made them, like any book that when someone's given trouble that he's a sooksurian, and one of your main men goes and whips a sword out and cuts off his ear, you
1: know, these aren't fizzies. No, that's right. Maybe we need to be more like that. Thanks for your call. Thanks. Have a good day. Welcome to Cam's Buddies, Miles. Good morning, Cam. How are you? I'm good, mate. Hey, I've got a question for you. All the others have uh, answered. You're the last man standing, and I mean man in the in the truest, truest sense of the term, because there's no sooks in this man's army, as Paul just said. Correct. I'm concerned that our nation has become a a nation of sissies and bigots. Do you agree with that? And how do you think that's happened?
4: Well, I kind of think we're well down the sissy road. And I see this in TV adverts. I see a lot of absolutely puerile TV adverts where The guy or the man or the partner is made to look like an absolute numpty and is incapable of doing even the simplest job. And guess what? I'm not impressed. I won't buy those products.
1: Yeah. You know, um, we've been hunting a fair bit and we've taken your daughter hunting. She's no sissy. Yep. Yeah, she
4: can take the back wheels off a goat and whip out the back stakes almost as uh, well as I can. So I'm pretty pleased with that.
1: Yeah, we've done some pretty hard stuff and uh, she's been there you know, donkey deep with us uh, carrying the carcasses out in the cold in the dead of the night, uh, freezing cold and that. And uh, she's no sissy, but then neither you or, or your missus are sissies either.
4: Well, I look around and I see some truly appalling examples of people who are sissies. And um, I just, sometimes I just, it just breaks my heart. Uh, I mean, you know, it's all very well seeing a um, car on the side of the road and a lady with a spare tyre who simply can't get the um, the lug nuts off the uh, tyre because they're jackhammered on. Yeah. But it's a whole other thing to see a bloke standing there not even knowing what to do or how to change a, a spare tyre, and by yeah. a bloke I'm talking about a guy, a young guy who, in my humble opinion, should damn well know better.
1: Yeah, I mean it's incredible, isn't it? Because, like, you know, you're a military historian, you're, a, a, you know, into antique arms and stuff, and uh, you know we look at history and look at the at the particularly World War Two, some of the heroism that was displayed by you know people like Charles Upham. We look at Willie Appiata, of course, in more recent times. In you know, in 1944, 18-year-olds were charging into machine gun nests and artillery, and you know, hardened German soldiers uh, at 18. Nowadays, most 18-year-olds can't work out whether they're well. They couldn't even cook
4: their own. Yeah, they couldn't even cook their own dinner. Let alone know what sex they are. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, where the um, train has come off the rails but it sure has come off the rails. And, you know, we can't be all things to all people. Um, Men, for better or for worse, do things that um, are much more practical. They do things with their hands. Uh, They like to help.
1: I'm,
4: I'm that kind of guy. But I see with absolute amazement how, you know, whole groups of kids... they don't want to get their hands dirty. They just want to go to university and come straight out of university and earn $100,000 a year and have a nice life. And and when something goes wrong in their house, you know, I was going to say change a light bulb, but perhaps I shouldn't be that cruel. Um, You know, perhaps something a little bit more major like, I don't know, the fuse blows or the circuit breaker blows. How many people know how to change an old style fuse or even where the circuit breakers in their house are, are located
1: i mean you can always fix an old old style fuse with a with a paper clip if you don't want it to yeah. if you don't want it to blow <laughs> <laughs> not to be not to be recommended
4: <laughs> but i mean then i like firewood. I mean I cut I cut my own firewood and, and split my own firewood. But to your own animals. Tell you this, it's a, Yeah. and it's a hell of a lot easier to get it delivered, but you know, there's a there's a lot of enjoyment. I mean my um father in law says uh, preparing wood you get warm twice. Once when you cut it and once when you burn it. Uh, so, abs- you know, absolutely. I think l I think, I think By sissy, I mean that a certain amount of life skills are gone. But, you know, I have to um, do an honourable mention to driving. I don't know what's happened to driving in this country, but good Lord, when I am on the open road and it's it's a comfortable road and it's easy to do 100K and I come across someone doing 80K because they've been frightened into submission by... Adverts and finger wagging and there's no reason for them to be doing 80k. I mean the road conditions are fine. Good Lord, uh, how many accidents must they cause when people get frustrated so you know there's a there's a, a bit of a nanny state going on as well, and that nanny state sort of cows people into oh my god i can't I can't be doing more than um, 100k, perhaps I should be doing a lot less safer, slower speeds or some such who. Um, I, I just simply can't believe it.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, suggest, Jimmy suggested a bunch of sissies work at Transit New Zealand and that's why the bridge gets closed when there's a bit, bit of a gusty wind.
4: Well, I, you know, I reckon that the winds haven't got any stronger since the 1960s, and, and we've had storms continually from, um, from that period through to now. And it's only just now that the um, bridges are being closed. And, and, and it makes me wonder, do people have no brains? Do motorcyclists look outside and think, oh, golly, it's a windy day, it won't affect me, I'll just uh, pop over the Harbour Bridge? I mean, goodness me have people got no sense of personal responsibility anymore
1: well that's right i don't think they do and that's part of the problem isn't it there's no consequences for actions and you know they can always run back to mummy to fix their problems and and carry on being sissies
4: well i reckon people look for someone to blame and the nanny state and someone to blame it's it's not my fault sir i was driving because nobody told me i couldn't drive or it's not my fault sir um this tire is a run flat and uh but it's supposed to be able to be driven on you know it's always someone else's fault
1: totally it's somebody else's fault
4: man up take responsibility take the blame make sure that you are aware of the consequences of your actions and if you're going to do something you have to be um, prepared to accept the consequences
1: exactly and that's the problem that we've got in society there's too many people who won't accept the consequences. Thanks for your call, Miles, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Cam. Have a good one. As usual, my buddies are awesome. They never let me down and they tell us the truth. Tell me who you thought was the best of Cam's buddies and why by emailing inbox at realitycheck.radio or text to 2057. This is The Crunch with Cam Slater. Conversations with a
0: side of controversy, right here on RCR.